Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. We have to take our eyes actually off of the circumstances and change our gaze to God. We're not thinking about there's all this trouble around me. Instead, we're focusing on God. And when I think about how Paul was in prison, that's when he wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad that you've joined us. Wait a second. Did you say weekend? It's the weekend. <laughs> All right. Although, does the weekend feel that different than most weekdays these No, days? we are so goofed up. I know. Well, it doesn't matter what day it is. But I do like the weekend because, wow, this has been quite a year it has if you've spent any time in 2020 like we have <laughs> where else would pretty... you be chris <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know of a time in my life when uh, so much has happened all at once it's been quite extraordinary at times it just gets easy to uh, to be overwhelmed and to give in to today's topic which is discouragement and you may be feeling discouraged as you're listening to us right now and that's one of the reasons why we want to talk about this, because mm. it really is important for all of us as people of faith and even people that don't have faith. We have to fight that discouragement. So this is a topic that is really essential for all of us in daily living. In order to fight discouragement, one of the first steps, Chris, is that we have to be aware that we're actually feeling that way and we're falling into that. I don't know about you, but there are times when I'm just not thinking about it, and all of a sudden I find myself feeling real down and discouraged, and I haven't been quite aware that I'm going that direction. Yeah, sometimes you just sit there and you think, something's wrong, but I'm not sure what. Right. And it could be a, a season of discouragement that you're, uh, you're having to deal with. And for crying out loud, all you have to do is turn the news on, and you can immediately feel depressed. So yes, unfortunately, there are a lot of reasons to give into discouragement. But we have to fight this off. We do. And we have been, during this time of pandemic, we have been focusing on the services on Sundays at the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church mm. in New York City. And Pastor Simbola has told us that so many of the pastors in the country are tired. They're discouraged from the pandemic. And he has been saying that around 20% of those pastors have told him that once the pandemic is over, they're done. They're retired. They're done. They're getting out of the ministry. You know, Sunday at our church, we were in the parking lot <laughs> for the service, and uh, the pastor came up and said, Chris, how are you and your family? Great. Everything's fine. You know, we're surviving. And I'm glad I had the wherewithal to say, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And it turns out he, what he told me, things are, are fine. You know, he's doing well. But you're right. These pastors have a lot on their plates, and that could be discouraging for them as well. You know, here's how Webster's Dictionary defines discouragement. It's the deprivation of confidence, hope, and spirit. The deprivation of confidence, that's pretty serious, and mm. hope. We don't ever want to lose hope, right? Mm, right. And in terms of how that affects our spirit, that just doesn't sound good when you think about that, because it really does relate to a sense of hopelessness that people can feel. And I know a lot of people who are feeling very hopeless right now. 
I don't know if it's the wear and tear of how long things have gone on and how much change there has been, but when you're in a very difficult season in your life, which we all are in a difficult time, we've we've been saying that over and over in the year 2020, that is definitely a recipe for discouragement. And we just don't want anybody to lose hope and to give in to this type of discouragement that can so easily take us into a really negative place. Well, let's talk about that. The, uh, the things that contribute to these feelings of discouragement or just discouragement altogether. One thing I've noticed that leads to discouragement is not getting enough rest and allowing yourself to get run down. And I think something that contributes to being run down is our schedules are so weird and mm-hmm. out of routine that can be exhausting as well. That can be stressful, can it? Because mm, yeah. it's not a predictable everyday routine that we have been so disrupted right. in. A lot of people, because of all the worries and the fears, and again, if you just turn on the news, you just hear all this fear that's being promoted. I think that affects people's ability to sleep. And so we do have to think about one of the biggest things we need to do when we're in a time of really fighting discouragement is we have to get our sleep. And I know that isn't easy, but we do have to think about sleep because when we don't get sleep, we're just more irritable, we're more tense, we don't approach life in the same type of confidence. So I know it's a small thing, but we've talked about on this show so many times how rest is a reboot for your physical body and even your mind. So it's amazing how much getting good rest can change your mood. It's like that with our kids too. They get cranky and irritable. And uh, what am I talking about? Me too. I do do the same thing. (laughs) But you really do see it with kids, don't you? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things we used to think, okay, they just need a good night's rest. They've been up too late. They've been doing too much and they need to get rest. And then just like adults, you know, when we're really tired, maybe some of us need a little bit of a power nap. Have you Mm. ever done those power naps? Yes, but they mess me up for the rest of the day. (laughs) Well, you know, they're supposed to be short. I think it's like you don't go over 20 minutes. Mm, But I have occasionally done this, uh, not at my job. Yeah. But when I've maybe been working from home and I've occasionally taken that 20 minutes and it does refresh me. So that does actually work for me. Um, but again, I want to say that these are really simple, but it's going to make a difference in terms of fighting the discouragement that you feel. One of our listeners said that when he feels discouraged, he slows down. He goes for a long prayer walk. He says it helps him to stop trying so hard to make things happen that are moving slowly. And it reminds him of God's strength. And if anything else, God's sovereignty, because He may think things are moving too slow, Mm -hmm. but it may be God's will that things are happening the way they are. We have to trust God's timing Mm. in a lot of things. And I think what he's saying here is that he's really taken a moment to reset his mind. And we know that our circumstances play a big, big role when we're feeling discouraged. So, for instance, it's a whole lot easier to be discouraged when you don't have a job, right? When you're dealing with an illness or you have some type of family problem, and the more you think of all that negative that's going on, the more overwhelmed you feel. So he's talking about recentering his thinking and reconnecting with God in those moments. If you think about it, that's really what the Bible tells us to do. Uh, Daily renew your mind with God's truth. And when you do that, Chris, really what we have to do is we have to take our mind or our eyes actually off of the circumstances and really change our gaze to God. We're not thinking about, okay, there's all this trouble around me. Instead, we're focusing on God. And when I think about how Paul was in prison, now that's pretty crummy circumstances, being (laughs) in prison. And yet that's when he wrote that scripture that says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 
So that's pretty amazing that he's in prison and he's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. And what a challenge that is. And in the book of James, we are told to rejoice in times of suffering. So here it is again, rejoice in these times. And this is an intentional process of mind focusing on the things of God. And it really is a weapon against fighting discouragement. And in Matthew 5, verses 10 through 12, Jesus tells us that the attitude of a Christian is to be rejoicing even in times of persecution, just like Paul said. So um, I'm seeing a pattern here. Yeah, and that's a heavy thought, to rejoice Mm. in the time of suffering. Part of staying positive is that God is telling us, put your mind on the rejoicing, on the things that are good, on the things that are blessings in our lives and things that we have gratitude for. So part of the battle to stay encouraged is to center your gaze on the one who can handle it all, who is Jesus, and trust him even in the middle of the battle. He is working for our good, even when we don't see it. And that's why it's such a hard thing. For most of us, you know, this is an easier thing to do. It's easier said than done, right? Mm. But we need to intentionally practice this during difficult times. Chris, I have a friend whose son is fighting cancer, and this is what he and his wife do every single day. It's how they're battling through this horrible disease that their their son is facing. So our point is, you fight discouragement by getting your eyes off of the circumstances and onto God. Why do you think that is so hard to do? Don't you think we like to be in charge, and we like mm. to think that maybe we can make things happen? We don't like to depend on God, but when we think about it, Obviously, we don't have any control. And when we get into a difficult situation like the pandemic, we really feel that. And we know we don't have control. Giving up that control is hard for a lot of people. But in reality, we don't have it. And so we need to then say, okay, God, you do. I'm turning to you. And that's going to change. Well, the more we talk about this, the more I see the importance of not allowing discouraging thoughts uh, to take hold. We need to remind ourselves that we have hope and a future. Well, stay with us. After the break, we will continue our conversation with specifics on how to fight discouragement. From the moment we're born, we're in relationship. At first, we depend on others to take care of us, to meet all of our needs. Then as we grow older, we make friends, we meet school teachers, later a boss at work and a spouse at home. Every relationship is important. Every relationship requires cultivation and nurturing. And at some point or another, Every relationship has its challenges, and they revolve around conflict. Did you know that you can grow through conflict and become such a healthier you than you ever expected? Well, I want to help you look at conflict in new ways, to approach conflict in ways that work. My book, We Need to Talk, can help you become a better problem solver, learn to negotiate differences, and strengthen all relationships even when conflict seems destructive. Well, let's face it. Conflict is an unavoidable part of our everyday life, but conflict doesn't have to overwhelm you or destroy your relationships. We Need to Talk, an important book by Dr. Linda Mental, is written to help you successfully navigate conflict. Find We Need to Talk wherever you buy books online. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we are talking about fighting discouragement. And we've got a lot more to talk about, but before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you'll find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. Her latest book is co-authored with physician James Cribbs. It's called Living Beyond Pain, a book to help anyone deal with chronic pain. And don't forget, you can also listen to our podcast on iTunes anytime. And Dr. Linda, speaking of Living Beyond Pain... 
Dealing with chronic pain can certainly leave a person feeling discouraged. It is definitely one of the fallouts of dealing with chronic pain. It's one of the reasons, Chris, we wrote that book Mm. is because we did want to encourage people that there are so many ways that you can fight chronic pain. Most of them that we're recommending in the book, most all of them actually, have nothing to do with taking medications. So this is a book that is really meant to encourage people. I think one thing the book speaks to me is it says you're not alone in your pain, too. There are people there to help, and there are ways to to help with your chronic pain issues. Well, here's a question. When you have worked hard at something and it just doesn't go well and you fail, how do you not get discouraged? So it's all about perspective. And Mm. failing is often a time of learning and growing. I know you know who Tom Landry is. The Cowboys. That's right. Mm -hmm. The famous coach who uh, was once overheard saying, we don't learn very much from the game that we win. <laughs> it's an interesting yeah. perspective, isn't yeah. it? You mm-hmm. don't learn a whole lot, but you do learn from the ones that you lose hmm. because you can go back, you can analyze, you can look into it, and you can see what you need to do to improve. So I know we don't like to fail. It's usually a painful process, but there are so many lessons that we can learn when we fail that can help us then grow stronger and be more prepared for other things in life. So it really has to do with your perspective. Now, here's a very human question to ask. Ready? What about those times when we feel like God's intervention in our lives is delayed or it's not quite the right time for us? You're asking the right person that question Mm. because, uh, as many of you listening know, I dealt with infertility for seven years. Seven years. It was a very long time. And I can't tell you how many months I used to say, God, where are you? Mm, Why is this not happening? What is all this delay about? And it does feel when you're in the middle of that, sometimes that God is abandoning you. He's not with you. And your mind can very easily go negative if you aren't mindful of that and you aren't careful to keep your thoughts centered on the Lord and what the promises are in the Bible. But I really felt like God was delayed. And yet I know mm-hmm. I was a, I, I was a mature Christian, Chris, at the time. And I knew that God's timing was always best, but we don't like waiting. And when we wait and then we begin to doubt God, right. it takes us into a very discouraging time. So during those seven years of infertility, I had to constantly fight those negative thoughts like God has abandoned me or God cares more about other people or he's punishing me, all those negative thoughts that come in. But I love this little story that I read about Martin Luther. So Martin Luther was quite depressed at a period of time in his life. And one day his wife came down the stairs and she was wearing all black. Okay. And Martin Luther said to her, "Uh, who died? (laughs) And she said, God has. And he said, what? God hasn't died. And then she looked at him and said, well, then live like it and start acting like it. Ooh. <laughs> How's that for a hard it, dose of truth? Yeah. He probably needed a woman like that with him, but it was kind of a wake-up call for him to say, all right, a lot of bad things are happening, but let's keep our perspective and let's keep going forward. And other people don't always help you. They don't always say, live like it. Right. They can sometimes throw fuel on the fire and bring you down. Well-meaning people can tell you to give up on God or give up on yourself. That's what Lot's wife said. I mean, it's not a healthy option. It's not good when you have people around you that are telling you, yeah, God doesn't care. God mm-hmm. doesn't. Look at, look at, nothing's happening in your life. Why do you hold on to that crazy Christianity? You need a few spiritual cheerleaders in your life. A couple of people around you who are going to 
know the word, encourage you with the word. I don't mean giving you a bunch of platitudes, but I mean really encouraging you to know what you believe and to stand on those promises. Do you remember in Exodus when the Israelites were in battle, and as long as Moses had his hands lifted up, the Israelites won. Aaron, his brother, helped Moses lift up his arms because he was getting so tired, and he encouraged and supported him, quite literally, uh, through the real physical battle. Don't you wonder if Moses was going, really, I have to hold up my hands all this time? (laughs) So what an amazing uh, story of someone coming alongside, lifting his hands and helping him out. That's what I mean by a few spiritual cheerleaders here. Mm. There's a verse in Habakkuk 2.3 that says, these things I plan for your life won't happen right away. Now, I read that and I thought, I don't like that verse. (laughs) (laughs) But it says, slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. So if God seems slow to you, our challenge is not to fall into despair. Rather, stand on that promise and it will come to pass if it's his will. Be patient. Delay is not a denial. Well, that is hard. Waiting being patient, trusting. We're not wired that way. No, it's hard. (laughs) But again, that brings us back to our dependence on God. During the waiting time, we may need to fight discouragement by focusing on God's promises. Stop listening to the voices around you that are negative. One of the things I really like about Alcoholics Anonymous, now I know it seems like a big bridge here all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. but one of the things about that is that the people that go to those groups are surrounded by people who continue to say, you can do it, you've got this, we're going to be with you, we're going to support you. And what they're doing is say, just today, focus on today. Today, what does God want from me? Today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today. Look, I had a choice, Chris, in my own battle with infertility to give in to despair. Mm. All of us have a choice when it comes to times when we feel like we're so discouraged that we want to just give in. We can choose to groan, moan, fall into a lot of self-pity, give in to that despair, or we can choose, and it's a choice, to act positively regardless of the situation and really trust God. So choosing to trust is the antidote to discouragement, and yet you have to be very intentional about that. Be intentional and fight discouragement today. That's right, today. Mm -hmm. One of our listeners fights discouragement by taking this very practical step. She makes herself engage in praise and worship, even if she doesn't feel like it. And I love that. I love that. And we know there's a scripture that says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The scripture is giving us a practical solution. You're down, you're discouraged, put on praise, Hmm. begin to praise the Lord and watch what happens. Your soul is going to be so energized from that praise and worship. What about staying busy? I mean, if you have a lot of time to sit and worry about your problems, your mind can easily go negative. I think it really does help. Someone once said, dreading is worse than doing. So doing action, getting up, working, volunteering, that really takes your mind off of your own problems. And it it makes you feel so much better when you're serving someone else. So when you're discouraged, do that. Serve someone else. We're talking about discouragement, and I can't help but think about the uh, story of Nehemiah in the Bible. He was the cupbearer to the king of Persia. But when he found out that the city of Jerusalem was in a bad state and the walls were knocked down, he wanted to rebuild the walls, and the king allowed him to do this. He was given a great opportunity Mm, to do something for God and to take a stand for God. And when he did that, you know, anytime you take a stand for God, there's going to be opposition. So in that story of Nehemiah, there was a lot of opposition. 
everyone in Jerusalem came together. They began rebuilding the wall. And at first, you know, everybody's real encouraged. They're like, okay, we've got this. We're going to do this. But then what happened, which is very typical, is that people began to feel discouraged because, you know, it took a longer time. It's hard work. You had to stay with this every day. And the naysayers came along, too, and they were saying, ah, this is too hard. You need to give this up. Don't do this. And so all of those discouraging voices began to drown out the good things that they were trying to do. So when you're in the middle of doing something good for God, remember that there's going to be spiritual opposition. I think it's a good thing to uh, be a little bit stubborn because I don't know about you, but when someone says, oh, you can't do that, that's enough to make me say, oh, yeah, you want to bet? That's because you're oppositional. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, maybe you could play that game in your head and say, look, no one's going to tell me I can't do anything. Are you kidding me? Because with God, with God, all things are possible. That's right. Uh, What else can we take away from that story to fight discouragement? You know, during the time they were doing that, we were mentioning how much people were starting to give into discouragement, right? They were losing their confidence in God. What happened, Chris, is that they began then to focus on their own abilities. Now, how Mm. often do we do this? Every day. Right. They were saying, okay, we're not able to build this wall. It's just too hard. It's too big. We can't do it. And they're forgetting that it was God's power and God's empowerment in them which can help them accomplish whatever the task is that God sets out for them to do. It's always our pride that gets in the way, our egos. Because we think it's about us. Right. (laughs) We forget that we have to be dependent on God for those things. You know, another reason for discouragement among the workers came from the Jews who lived in the surrounding villages. Here are those oppositional voices again. Because they believed defeat to be inevitable, they encouraged those who lived outside of Jerusalem to go back to their homes. They believed it really wasn't possible to complete the work as things stood. That reminds me a little bit of fear. You know, Mm. well, we're not going to win. Yeah. It's over. We're not going to have it. You go back to your homes, go back in there and forget about it, right? (laughs) That is the classic presentation of doubt and doubt that God was in it, doubt that they could do the job, doubt that they could actually win. And Nehemiah responded in such a great way. Here's what he did, Chris. He prayed and he posted a guard. And so listen to this. It's it's so interesting to me how they kept working to build the wall. I think this is fascinating. I'm going to read it from Nehemiah. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. So remember I said they posted a guard? Hmm. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to figure out logistically how you do that, how you build the wall and then you hold your weapon. But they did. Each of the builders wore his sword. Okay, so they wore it at the side as they worked. Ah, So they didn't actually have it. (laughs) You need two hands. All right. The takeaway here, though, is that we have to keep going. We have to move forward. And in the one hand, you know, we do our work. And then the other, we're fighting, right? We're fighting. We've got that sword ready to fight. Not Mm -hmm. literally, but we're fighting in the spirit. So I love that symbolism. In, In verse 14, it says, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your home. You know, you can tell a lot about a person if you uh, watch a football game and there's six seconds left. You're down by seven and the coach is still calling timeouts and huddling with his team and talking to the offense about we're going to keep playing this game. Some fans sit there and say there are six seconds left. Let the clock run out. We're done. But then there are some fans who say. 
The coach is still coaching his players with six seconds left. You can tell who gives in to discouragement and who doesn't. I know my husband is in the back looking at me because he he always criticizes me for that. He says, you're already giving up the game. You're already saying they're going to lose. Unless it's, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, who we know probably in one second will make the play, right, to my husband's. You're talking Bears fans here, so we have a hard time with that. But that is so true. It's the person who says... We got few seconds left. Mm-hmm. We can do this, and right. then I'm the person going. We got a few seconds left. We're never, they're never <laughs> going right. to pull it out. So yeah. it does say a lot. Part of the work in fighting discouragement sounds like we need to remember what we are fighting for. We fight together with God's help. In Nehemiah's case, it was their future at stake. That's right. Nehemiah trusted in God. He really trusted in God. I want to say that again. He mm-hmm. trusted in God, but he also called the people to work, and and they had to fight as a team. So he needed the people. He needed them to be on a team. And teamwork can lessen the impact of fear and discouragement. That is important to remember when you're in the middle of a fight. Mm. Get that team around you because they needed each other. It wasn't just Nehemiah doing all the work. They had to have everybody pulling their weight, helping. Uh, Nehemiah couldn't possibly do this alone. Uh, But as a whole, they could help each other, and collectively, they could meet what they were trying to do. And they stayed the course. That's right. We call that tenacity. Mm. This is the ability just not to quit. And this is where so many of us as Christians lose our victory over fear and discouragement and ridicule. We're just so easily hurt. We quit too easily. We get soft. We get selfish. And too often, we're just unwilling to be a part of that team. And you mentioned this earlier. Uh, Is the root of this fear? Interestingly enough, in that story of Nehemiah, he actually commands the people not to fear. Hmm. Now, when I read that, I thought, well, that sounds weird. How do you command people not to fear? How do you do that? But what he was saying here is, look, we have a job to do, and fear isn't going to help us. All it's going to do is stop us. So he was actually telling the people, Chris, to choose to trust God despite their fear. Because I'm sure they felt that somewhat. Like, what are we doing? Is this really possible? Are we going to do this? But Nehemiah was reassuring them that, you know, we're going to do what we need to do. And this is what we've been called to do. Even sometimes when we don't see the circumstances changing the way we would want it to, we need to make sure that we're trusting God and that we're giving each other the encouragement to continue. You can't be frozen by fear. You have to move. And that's where relying on God, I think, helps with that a lot. So as we close this show, it's clear that discouragement will come, and we need to fight back. When you feel discouraged, pray. That sounds like a cliche, but it's really was the key in the story of Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. And know that God cares what you're going through. Ask God to help you to endure. When the enemy comes in and he tries to discourage you, just don't be intimidated by that. Don't be deterred. Keep moving forward with the work that God has given you to do. So pray first. Do not make it your last resort. That's where I go wrong, Chris. Sometimes I pray last instead of first. It's always good to pray first. And remember who God is. Rest in his power, in his love, for he alone is great and he's awesome. Every day we're going to pray for the spiritual strength that we need to fight the evil attacks that we are going to encounter in this fallen world. When Satan tempts you to doubt God, choose to trust him. When Satan tries to deceive you and you feel confused, pray to discern the truth. When Satan promotes divisions between you and other people and other Christians, make every effort to keep the unity through the bond of peace. Also, just as a reminder to get guidance from a Christian counselor, if you really feel that you're moving towards clinical anxiety or clinical depression because of the discouragement, find someone who can help walk you through that battle because you can be 
victorious. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.